Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Awesome in Seattle podcast. This is Christian Awesome, host of the Awesome in Seattle podcast and founder of the Awesome Awesome Group at Wilson Realty. Today's episode is designed for anyone thinking of moving to Seattle. We'll go over both the pros and cons of living here so you can make an informed decision. Now, Seattle is interesting. It's a city made up of over 100 neighborhoods, and finding the right one for you will undoubtedly make your transition to our amazing city that much smoother and more enjoyable. So as a local real estate agent, we are often a great resource for exploring a new city, and today you're going to have four of Seattle's most awesome agents in your ear sharing our insider relocation info. So speaking of the team, let's meet them. First off, we have a fellow Seattle native just like myself, Miss Reed Watson. Hello. We have the data guru, the one, the only, Jason Saldariaga. Hello. And the dog whisperer, Les Cutting. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's the first thing you think of when you think of Seattle? For most people, rain. it's often rain. Exactly. Rain. <laughs> yeah, it rains here, but it's not as much as most people think. It's a little secret that we like to pretend and tell everyone it rains all the time so they don't move here because often when they do come, they realize it doesn't rain as much and then they want to live here. So it's a little way that we keep people out. But How's that worked out for us? Yeah, not too well. Uh, <laughs> not right. too well at all. So, or they just they think it rains the way it does in the Midwest where you get yes. drenched and really it's a much more manageable type of rain. Yeah, exactly. We get around 37 and a half inches of rain per year on average. And that's actually less than cities like New York, Miami, Atlanta, Memphis, Houston, Boston, and many other major U.S. cities. So we don't even get as much rain as a lot of these other cities. The thing is, like Reed said, we get more of like a sprinkle or a little mist of rain that happens on and off throughout the day, as opposed to those massive downpours that a lot of the country really does experience. The cool trade-off about having rain, or I guess consistent rain that we have here, is that our summers are honestly hard to beat. Uh, because we don't get much rain in the summer, it's not humid. And we really don't get super hot. I mean, we'll have a few little heat waves here and there where the temperatures can reach around 100 degrees or so. But between June and September, the average annual temperature in Seattle is in the 70s. And that's kind of ideal. You're not too hot. You're not too cold. Often, I'd, I'd say it's more like in the 80s, uh, in yeah, August especially. But looking at the data from uh, 2010 to 2019, it said 70s for all those months. Although August was 79 degrees. So yep, makes swimming in all those lakes real nice. Just the yes, perfect temperature. Exactly. Uh, the other great thing about having all that rain is everything is so green and lush throughout the summer. Um, the air is usually super clean. The trees are green. The water's clean. Uh, it, it's blue. There's snow-capped mountains if you look both to the east and the west. The one con about summer is that we can get wildfire smoke that rolls in for a few days. And that's about the worst thing that can happen during the summer for us. Uh, so although rain is a factor when thinking about relocating to Seattle, there's so many other wonderful things about the city that far outweigh adapting to our weather. One thing that's also cool is that our history, although we're not as old as other major metros in the U.S., our history is pretty cool. It's pretty interesting, and it actually helps explain how the city is laid out the way it is. Uh, when Seattle was first settled, there were a lot of smaller villages or towns on the outskirts of the city. 
And the city over time annexed each of these little areas, these little towns or villages to expand the city of Seattle borders. And that's why the mayor of Seattle once proclaimed that Seattle is a city of neighborhoods, which each with each neighborhood having its own vibe and feel. Yeah, very true, Christian. Um, it was interesting when I moved here about. 12 years ago, every city in the country, especially cities uh, that are as large as Seattle, have distinct neighborhoods. But coming from where I came from, which was like Texas and Florida, you do notice what you're saying, where you have like these main streets, hundreds of little main streets or uh, central business districts in each of these neighborhoods. And they each have their own character. The history of each is very interesting. Ballard, for example, has one of the most interesting, if you ask me. It was like one of the largest cities in the state 120 years ago. And they were very uh, much against annexing them or having Seattle annex them. But they were forced to eventually because they couldn't get clean water. Um, kind of important. And yeah. so yep. they grew up, you know, they were a huge mill town, a huge transportation hub, very much connected to Puget Sound and the shipping canal to the south. And so they built this kind of heritage that's still very strong today. It was nicknamed Shingle Town. Mm -hmm. um, the majority of like the world's shingles came from there. We have a podcast about this. Feel free to listen to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ballard has a certain vibe. And it has kind of a Main Street, even if it's not called Main Street, it's Ballard Ave. And then, you know, you just head south, for example, south of the shipping canals, Magnolia, very different vibe. That neighborhood has a much stronger history tied to like Fort Lawton, which was mm -hmm. an army post. It also has a Main Street, quote unquote. And so exploring Seattle's neighborhoods, it's very important for somebody new to Seattle especially if you're thinking of buying a house, you want to know what neighborhood you want to live in because they're all very different. Um, but with so many uh, neighborhoods, there is definitely something for everyone. I definitely think it's one of the more exciting parts of moving here. I remember when I did so 12 years ago, uh, <laughs> I moved around a lot. I, I was like, you know, I'm a renter. I'm going to take advantage of one of the benefits of renting, which is the flexibility of moving every 12 months. And I pretty much did that from Montlake to Bellevue to South Lake Union to Fremont. I was all over Capitol Hill, but we won't talk about that era of my life. <laughs> um, the good old days. But yeah, so definitely moving here, exploring Seattle's neighborhoods. That's kind of the first thing that you want to do. We at the Awesome and Awesome group, we, we realize this <laughs> because a lot, a lot of our clients are new to the city. And so we have something we call... Um, neighborhood tours, which we offer to anyone really, but especially people who are new to the city. And this is basically when we explore neighborhoods. This can look very different depending on the situation and what you're looking for and what you need um, as, a, as a buyer. But a lot of times it's getting in our car and driving between neighborhoods, exploring those main streets that I mentioned and seeing some houses along the way because while each neighborhood has a certain vibe and an industry, um, they also have different real estate, the different types of houses. Some of them are very Boeing focused where, you know, in the forties and fifties, these neighborhoods came out of nowhere because Boeing basically built them. Um, uh, and they're very different in vibe than Capitol Hill, for example. So I can spend hours on this, but, uh, neighborhood tours are a great thing to pursue if you're getting your feet wet and, uh, you can 
set up a time to meet with us on our website. So just go to awesomeandawesome.com and you'll see an option to schedule a time with us and we can hit the ground running. Yeah. And finding a real estate group or agent that you trust is really important because obviously moving to a wholly different area requires a couple of mindset changes, um, adjustments. And one of the things that I think you can start doing before you actually move is becoming familiar with the market where you're moving to. Here we're talking about Seattle and really getting what you paid in your current city out of your head. Gosh, if I had a nickel for every time, every day that I said, this is a competitive market. And really it's whether you're renting or you're buying. Seattle is an expensive city to live in. So it's good to kind of set those expectations up front for what you're going to be able to get for your money. We're well above the nation's average. And so if you could start looking into what homes are going for, again, whether it's a sales or rentals, I think that's smart to do before you get here. And we at the Awesome and Awesome Group are more than happy to help you figure out how to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is kind of what we do. And you actually you touched on something really important. I mean, considering the logistics of your day-to-day -day life before actually buying a home in a new city can prevent some of that unforeseen stress. Factoring in the route of your commute from a potential new home may also help narrow down some properties. I mean, Seattle's interesting how it's laid out. North to south travel is actually pretty easy and much quicker compared to going east and west. Although we're not super wide east and west because we got water on each side of the city of Seattle. What it, is that it, called? What is that oh, called? It's your favorite it, word. It's, it's, it's my Isthmus. Is it right? Isthmus. Yes. yes, I got it right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Jason loves to say this at our homebuyer classes, and I love to hear him say it every single time. Yeah. Jason, why don't you explain what an isthmus is? Yeah. It's uh, another famous one is Madison, hmm. Wisconsin, and it's an awesome looking okay. little town. Anyways, an isthmus is a plot of land separated by, I'm sorry, isthmus is a plot of land with water on two sides. A peninsula has water on three sides. Um, and I guess an island would have it on four, four sides or many other things, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, Isthmus, uh, you're probably wondering why the hell I even care or know about that. I uh, did study geography in college, and at the time I was like, Where the, what am I going to do with this degree? And it actually flowed very naturally into real estate, looking <laughs> back, which uh, we didn't expect to go to this place in this podcast, but kids... Look, you never know how life is going to work itself out. Just, <laughs> just do what you enjoy and don't burn bridges. Move forward. Maybe <laughs> sideways, but don't step backwards in time. Don't, don't go back. Anyways, but yeah, uh, just to expand a bit on what Christian was saying about north-south travel being easier and all the ridges, you know, hills being oriented in a north-south um, line, that's because of glacial retreat and expansion over time. We had glaciers for millions of years expand and contract over our land and uh, basically scour the landscape. And, uh, you know, when they're moving up and down north and south, because that's how, you know, heat and the equator and the sun works, um, you see these ridges north-south. You'll see it in, in a lot of different areas now. Yeah, it's definitely a an interesting obstacle for city planners because east-west travel is not the easiest to plan. A lot of our lakes are very deep, for example, as a result. So 
Uh, we also, by the way, have a lot of glacial erratics throughout the city, which mm -hmm. if you're ever bored, you can go on like a, an erratic search. There's a really cool one in like Ravenna. There's a huge yeah. one. Wedgwood, Ravenna. It's yeah. really cool. I used to always drive my son past it on his way to school and we'd always look at it and he would, you know, I talk about it, explain it. And then he'd always, he'd always want to get out and take a picture with it every morning, even if it was raining. So and we, at totally the awesome, <laughs> we at the awesome and awesome group realized that a lot of people are interested in glacial erratic. So we <laughs> offer an erratic neighborhood tour led by you Jason. Go, you can led go by to Jason. Awesomeandawesome.com <laughs> slash erratic. Schedule and uh, schedule a erratic tour and we'll see all the rocks. Yes. Led by Jason Sadariaga. Yes. That was great. Great job, Jason. So getting back to logistics, let's discuss the options and costs around moving from uh, a different state or even across the country to Seattle. Well, I did my best imitation of the data guru and I did some research. Woo, what nice. it would cost to relocate to Seattle right now. Now I got to mm -hmm. step it up. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> anyway, but so obviously the cost of moving depends on where you're moving from and how much stuff you need to move. So when I first moved here, I didn't have much. I just literally had a box of clothes, a pillow, a blanket, and that was it. And I accumulated stuff over time. That cost me absolutely nothing. Just free. <laughs> free. But if you're moving from a different city, it may cost you a little bit more. So you should create a budget for relocating. It's important you not only include the cost of moving your stuff, but also include your personal transportation, any hotel or Airbnb expenses uh, that may be necessary. So let's say you're moving from Seattle from a one bedroom house in LA or San Francisco. It's going to cost you about a thousand bucks to three thousand bucks, depending if you rent a truck or do it yourself. You can utilize a freight or a shipping container service or even hire professional movers to pack and unload. If you're moving cross country, like from New York, for example, moving costs will range between 2000 and 4000 bucks for a one bedroom. Also, if you're moving across the country, you may have to have other factors such as shipping your car. The average cost of shipping a car across country is around 1300 bucks. Wow, that's I guess if you were going to drive it and have to stay places along the way, that's actually not a bad deal to just ship it. Yeah, I, I was surprised when I researched that. It's much cheaper than I originally thought. I thought it was like a couple a couple uh, grand for it, but yeah, mm -hmm. 1300 bucks isn't bad cross country. Setting up a freight or a shipping container service is also an awesome way to go. It's more expensive than using a truck, but you can avoid feeling rushed during the loading and unloading process. Basically, you're paying for the convenience and storage. The average cost of moving a home slash apartment, depending on the size by shipping container, is around average of 2000 to 4500 bucks. For most shipping and freight services, the timeline for delivery is around seven to nine business days, but there are many factors that can slow down the process. All that said, your best bet is to shop around and select a moving or shipping company with fair pricing and a good reputation. Do some research. Here's a tip. Start plotting your move as soon as you make a decision. Relocate. Yes. On the topic of plotting your move. I like that phrasing. <laughs> um, another really important part of that with that timeline of moving items is the timeline for finding a new home. Obviously, we're real estate agents, so we're going to talk a little bit about buying a new home. It's important to understand in Seattle that it takes approximately a month from when your offer is accepted to when you can move in. So you probably need to start looking three to four months before your desired move-in date. 
there's, you know, a lot that kind of could get in your way. It's a competitive market. So you might not get your first offer accepted and you might have to make a few offers before you find a home. So another good tip is that a lot of people take weekend trips out here to come and view some homes or do a neighborhood tour with us. So that can be kind of a good option just to start the process. Yeah, we've had numerous clients that, you know, they'll come visit the city to kind of scout it out and see what neighborhood feels right, you know, even if they like the city, if they really want to move up here. And then once they decide, yes, I want to move up here, then they start to figure out, you know, which neighborhoods they like. So yeah, we've had a lot of clients over the years do this and take advantage of us and our ability and willingness to do neighborhood tours and educate you on those neighborhoods. So please take it, take advantage of that. That's why we do it. A lot of people that are relocating, you know, they're doing so for a job. And a lot of times your job will pay for some short-term housing and stuff. So take advantage of that if that's an option for you and use some of that time to, once you're in town and you have, you know, a place to stay for a little while, use that time to then go out and explore. Being flexible on your move date is really great if you have the luxury, but sometimes you don't because of that new job start date. So yeah, if you do have to move now, what's a good strategy for relocating before buying a house in Seattle? Yeah, I think a lot of people wonder, should they rent initially or is it more common to just buy something sight unseen? And quite frankly, uh, you see both of these ways of moving occur. I think it really depends on you as a person, like um, if you want to buy something sight unseen. So let's, let's dig in a little deeper between those two options. I think a lot of people listening are probably wondering, okay, so should I move to Seattle and rent initially or should I just jump in and buy a house sight unseen. And that way when I, when my uh, container house container shows up, I can just unload it in my new house. And honestly, uh, kind of like what Christian was saying, you see both of these approaches mm-hmm. all the time. I think yep. it really depends on you as a person and your situation. Um, so let's dig in a little deeper uh, between the two options. I will say this. First off, it is definitely not uncommon for people to move to Seattle and rent for six months or so. That gives them time to explore the city, get a good sense of the different areas and neighborhoods, and the real estate as well. Realize that, yeah, we're, we're talking a lot about neighborhoods, but the real estate itself is also different than what you see in different cities in the country. Um, and that can take some time to get used to and learn about. Personally speaking, I wouldn't rush to make a decision sight unseen if I didn't need to, I would take advantage of, you know, let me connect with an agent before I move. They can help me find a place to rent and settle down initially. And then we can hit the ground running, looking at neighborhoods and figuring out the city. And that way I I can just be the most informed buyer. Like I said before, I moved here about 12 years ago and I took advantage of renting maybe longer than I should, you know, and uh, moved around the city and got to know it very well. And now I'm a real estate agent. So that was helpful. But it also helped make sure that I knew the neighborhoods when I was ready to buy. I knew where I would want to live. Renting initially can be a great option, especially if it's uh, at certain times of year when there's rental, a lot of rentals available. So that said, though, many people do buy homes sight unseen, especially these days. Something to also know about this, sellers generally don't care. It doesn't necessarily look bad if 
if there's two offers on the table, you haven't seen it and somebody else has, the seller necessarily care that much because it's so common. And they realize, especially with COVID and how the job market works, there's a lot of tools at our disposal. We can FaceTime, we can videotape a tour, we can do a lot of things to get you a very good sense of the property. So the market's kind of shifted and accepted virtual walkthroughs as a very viable alternative to to in-person showings. Yeah, and I'd say say to be clear too, like we're not saying you're buying a house sight unseen, like you've never seen it even in photos or anything crazy like that. We're just saying you haven't actually set foot in it yet, but we've definitely set foot in it for you and taken video calls with you or you've looked at the Matterport or whatever. Like you've seen it just only online. Yeah, that might weigh against you. Uh, My (laughs) clients haven't seen this house. They don't know (laughs) what it looks like. They know that it has 1,264 square feet. (laughs) That's Um, that's good enough for them. They'll buy it. Yeah. I don't know if they even exist. I've never met them. Never spoken to them. I just put these random people's names on this contract. I'm Mm -hmm. kidding. We don't do that. That would be no. That would would not work. How would your pre-underwriting letter work? That would yeah. That wouldn't work. But yeah, as a company, uh, we are more than willing and very equipped to help uh, buyers. Whether you know you're moving and renting for a few months or. If you kind of want to hit the ground running now when you're not in town and start looking at houses, we have options. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, like I say, I said, do video chats, FaceTime, Zoom calls. We can make videos and send you videos. We can uh, use the tools that a lot of houses have these days, something like Matterport, which is a 3D home tour. Really helpful um, way to give you a very good sense of the house. In fact, in many ways, you get a better sense of the house than if you see it in person. Um, You can take very specific measurements. A lot of people don't realize this. Matterport has a measuring ability. Really helpful in basements to see how tall the ceilings are. These are, by the way, Matterport's that like 3D home tour when you see kind of the the dollhouse version of of the home. That's what Matterport is. Really, really powerful system. It kind of looks like a a Google Street View, but inside the house. Mm -hmm. Exactly, which brings me to the next thing. Uh, Even Google Street View is really helpful. Yeah, and I feel like a broken record because we've been saying this over and over, but utilize the available resources that are out there. There's a lot of them. We've touched on them a bunch. I mean, you can use us. I'll make it clear right now. We don't charge anything for these neighborhood tours. Um, When you're a buyer, you actually don't even pay your real estate agent. Your agent is paid by the seller. So although we represent you in your best interest, as a real estate agent, when we're helping you buy, you don't pay us anything out of your pocket. So, and we don't charge for these neighborhood tours or anything like that. So don't take this as we're trying to sell you on some sort of tour or something weird like that. That's not what all we're trying to say. We're just putting out, we have resources. We understand that you may not know the city. We do utilize us as a resource and use a lot of other resources out there. Yes. And a good resource, for example, is seattle.gov. They have a page called Seattle's new cover guide that lists a bunch of different information. So for example, you can get information about obtaining permits and placing portable storage containers or parking and moving trucks in no park zones. That's going to be very useful because if you've ever been to Seattle, you know our streets are narrow and we are limited on parking. A list of utility companies with all their contact information, how to become a Washington state resident, how to get a driver's license and register to vote. Very important things. 
um, information about other community resources and projects that is going on in the city. There's a lot happening in the city. There's so many websites that can give you a quick overview of things to know about moving to Seattle. And honestly, the best way that I find is make a connection with the people that already know the city to help you navigate your move. When I first moved here about 15 years ago, I just talked to everybody. Like you guys know me. I just talked to everybody. And that's how I got my uh, feel for the city, just going different places and I've been all along the Puget Sound, so. Yeah, another great relocation resource is, you know, this podcast right here. We have numerous episodes that really help you understand what's going on in this area and what to expect. And one of those episodes, episode 49, what to expect in a Seattle home is a great one. Another one, episode 21, virtual home buying. Uh, And lastly, one that we just did, uh, what, a month ago, episode 54, schools and home buying. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And team, thank you all for sharing your expertise and, and insight, like always. If you are considering moving to Seattle, and you'd like more insider info like you heard today just reach out to us we're not gonna bite (laughs) we're very laid back very helpful um, and we want to share and give you the info that you need so you can always find our contact info on awesomenawesome.com and you can schedule times to chat with us for free right there on our website super easy so that's it for this episode of awesome in seattle we'll see you next time Bye. bye